welcome to another episode of Raider Golf. Coming up on the show, we catch up again with Lyle Rowe, who captured his first win on the Sunshine Tour in five years. We discover brand new club taking South Africa by storm, Grindworks. Meet our celebrity golfer Felicity Sheba and visit the iconic Gary Player Country Club at Sun City. Welcome once again to the episode. It is episode 10. We've reached the back nine. A little idea that started a few months back on the eve of the new season of the Sunshine Tour has certainly progressed into something that we absolutely love. We featured a host of guests, including a US Open champion, a President's Cup captain, uh, players uh, from around South Africa and more, and distinguished guests all in all. And of course, I've always got my partner in crime and my distinguished co-host with me, Tyron Barnard. How are you doing, Ty? Yeah, Derek, you know, we're talking after Rory McIlroy gets his 20th PGA win. I mean, that was something special. He seemed to uh, find the putter, and I think it's a sign of things to come. If, if uh, Rory finds the putter, he is going to be unstoppable. And I don't think there'd be too many golf fans around the world that would uh, bemoan him going to finally win at Augusta this uh, next year. Obviously, Ernie's birthday, but unfortunately not a great uh, week defending his SAS championship. Some good South African performances around the world. Obviously, uh, I'm itching. I can't wait to get back on a golf course, uh, which will happen this week for the first time in a month. And uh, yeah, it's going to be absolutely great. No more winter run, though. Yeah, no, no more winter run, but just to, to give some clarification as to why we've been so quiet, I think it's been about three or four weeks since our last episode where we featured uh, the International President's Cup Captain Trevor Immelman. The reason being is that uh, some of us were traveling, I spent a bit of time in Namibia, and unfortunately, Ty, given the fact that you lost the weight of another human, uh, it did come with a, a few health complications, uh, one of which uh, meant that you had to spend a little bit of time in hospital, and as a result, no golf for you. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, spending time midweek in hospital, there wasn't a lot of golf that I could watch. Um, and <laughs> there's just a lot of repeats on TV. No no tournaments on Monday to Wednesday. And late night on Thursday was at least some company. But uh, yeah, all all things are healthy, fixed. Uh, got the clearance last week, Thursday, to, to start swinging again. I hit a driving range and everything felt okay. And I get to play at... Uh, Rand Park on Firethorn on Wednesday. So that should be a bit of fun. Um, and let's just hope that I don't let my four ball down. But, you know, you're out on a golf course. There is no such thing as being let down when you're on a golf course in this country. Uh, I, I tell you what, I was invited to take part in that event and I tried to move things around and I ummed an odd. And the prize and offer is absolutely spectacular. And given the fact that I am pretty crap at golf, uh, let's be honest, I... I couldn't handle the pressure of performing so poorly and denying the rest of my teammates an opportunity uh, to play at Leopard Creek, which, of course, is uh, one of the prizes on offer, which is, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so I had to turn that down. However, uh, you got to play in this tournament last year. 
uh, you were in the top three and you got to experience Leopard Creek for the first time. Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously last year with uh, COVID, uh, corporate sport had less qualifiers. And so we actually came fourth. And because they had less qualifiers for that one, the top four qualified. So we went snuck in at fourth place. Uh, there were eight teams at the final. And we actually came second at the final at Leopard Creek. But uh, just the opportunity to play Leopard Creek is, uh, you know, as a South African, it's right up there. Mm. Uh, it's It was probably number two on my bucket list when I was younger because number one, which is something that really makes me excited was Gary player. Um, you know, growing up watching Sergio Garcia and Ernie else battle it out at, uh, at Gary player there at Sun city. I mean, it was just, if you were a young South African golf fan, that's all you wanted to do was you wanted to go walk up that, that champions walkway. You wanted to on the ninth, uh, reach the green in two. I mean, I've never done that, but you wanted to do that. You wanted that opportunity. You And, you know, having been fortunate to play it a few times now, um, there is nothing short of everything you hope for at Gary Player. Uh, the one thing that they could maybe do is install better aircon along the course because it's really hot. But it's, oh, it's, I mean, what an experience. And, and to walk those steps and see the names of the winners of the NetBank Challenge we may have been robbed of the NetBank Challenge, but I mean, if you can think of a better course to host your ESA Open, uh, you'd be quite impressive. Yeah, we, we just saw Sun City in all its beautiful splendor this past weekend, uh, the blue label, and uh, we'll be chatting to the winner a little later in, in Lyle Rowe. Uh, a more deserved winner you can't get. We've had him on the show before, but a, a tremendous guy nonetheless. And yeah, that's, uh, of course, we talk about Leopard Creek, we talk about Gary Player. That's just two of uh, the, the hundreds of spectacular courses that we have in the country. And a, a big thank you to... Uh, my friend uh, Chris over from Royal Johannesburg. Uh, I got to experience quite a lot at Royal Joburg over the last couple of weeks. I played East not too long ago with Utah. Followed it up with a rounded West last week. And, and my personal golfing highlight took place uh, a couple of days ago, playing at Parkview, which in my mind, Ty, is probably the most underrated course, one of the most underrated courses. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I managed to hole out uh, from 70 meters. Uh, which you've seen my game, and, and for that to happen is, is pretty miraculous. So miracles do happen. Uh, so hopefully they can repeat themselves. Uh, lightning can strike twice. But uh, enough about well, my goal. Eric, yeah? yeah. No, no, I, I, I think you're just downplaying yourself a little bit. I've seen your short game, and I have a, a feeling that with the right set of clubs in your hands, Ooh. I think you could become quite special. Well, that leads us perfectly onto our first guest. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Once again, welcome to episode 10 of Raider Golf. Hi, it's Michael Campbell here, listening to Raider Golf with Ty and Derek. Thank you very much, Michael Campbell, what, uh, one of the greatest guests that we have had, a former US Open champion. So let's move over to our first feature of the show night. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, in fact, where I got an email, uh, a magnificent email, it must be said, saying that uh, a Japanese golf brand launched in South Africa with a direct-to-consumer model, Grindworks, entering the global golfing market just five years ago, 
an already former Masters champion, an eight-time PGA Tour winner. Patrick Reed uses the irons and wedges. More than that, Patrick advises and collaborates with Grindworks on new product development, including models made specifically for him. He has a deep understanding of what he wants in a club, and our club should be designed to provide optimal performance. Now, whatever you think of Patrick Reed as a person, there's no denying that as a player, he is phenomenal and uh, possesses one of the best short games in the game. And uh, we are thrilled to have on board right now the MD of Grindworks, Jason Thompson, and the marketing director, Kevin Wellman. Gents, welcome to the show. Hey, Derek. Good to, have, good to be here. Thanks for having us, guys. Absolute pleasure. Now, I was so excited when I saw this because it's been a long time since we've seen a new player in the golfing club market, and uh, it looks extremely exciting. I, I mean, this email rocked up uh, in, my, in my inbox. Uh, I, I, I think you guys followed me on Twitter as well. Immediately, I started reading up on it, and I thought, wow, these clubs look nice. And uh, a good colleague of ours, a friend of ours, Richard uh, Maspero, chatted to him, and he said, um, yeah, it looks looks really cool as well. He can't wait to see what these things play like. But tell us more. Yeah, I'll jump in first. This is Kevin speaking. Um, we we started dabbling with Grindworks probably four or five months ago. Um, Jason found the brand and contacted the, believe it or not, the CEO globally, and we were awarded um, exclusive di- distributors, uh, distributorship rights in South Africa. The club started coming in. We started dabbling what could work for us, what would work in the South African market. And for three or four months, um, I think it was a dream come true. We just got to fiddle with clubs. We got to hit clubs. We got to send, send clubs back. We got new clubs, etc. And we decided to launch with four sets of irons, two sets of drive, two different drivers, rather, sorry, um, a couple of fairway woods, a couple of hybrids, um, and, and a few variations on, on the wedges, which we'll get back to in a short bit. But the, the clubs are all forged Japanese, um, forged Japanese irons. Um, the feel is absolutely unbelievable. And I think that's, that's really what, what got Jason's attention in the beginning. And then certainly mine a month or two later was as when you strike a drought, and, and there's no doubt, um, Derek, with your immense skills, you're going to be striking a drought this weekend. Um, the feel of the club is just something unbelievable. It was something I hadn't felt in the golf club before. And, and I was hooked. And I suppose the rest is history. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I cannot wait. And, and full disclosure, the gentlemen have very kindly offered a, a set of clubs to myself and Ty, which we will be using over the weekend. Uh, have we decided where we're playing yet, Ty? Uh, yeah, we were we were just waiting to confirm that two of time at Serengeti. Ah, uh, yes, the, the home oh, of Raider Golf. So yeah, we'll be taking on Serengeti uh, with these brand new sets of grindworks. I, t- I cannot wait to get my hands on these clubs. And I mean, it must have been fairly daunting though. I mean, you, you say you jumped at the opportunity to bring these to South Africa, but I mean, I, I spoke about it earlier, the fact that it is... Uh, it's a, it's an area which hasn't really been updated uh, for a considerable amount of time in terms of of new brands. I mean, you and and players tend to stick to the brands they know. So so was it a tough sell initially, or, or what has the response been like? Yeah, Derek. So it's Jason. Yeah, um, yeah. Initially, when we when I started bringing them in, it was hey, it's Japanese forged irons. The feel is amazing. I wanted to test it out and see for myself. Um, you know, I play Scratch League and um, Mid-Am yeah, at Eagle Canyon. So I got a few of the guys that are really good golfers on them. 
and said, hey, let's put these things through their paces, let's test them out, and I want honest feedback from every single guy that we've, we've given clubs to. So, yeah, we've had um, quite a few of the, the tour pros also using them. We had Neil Skiddy Cat the other day um, hitting a few, few balls with us on the range, um, Carl Barker and a few others. And the feedback that we've, we've received has been really, really great. You know, all of them have said pretty much the same thing. The feel is amazing. The balance of the clubs and the stability of them are amazing. And, yeah, you know, we know that we're going to have a lot of tough competition from all the competitors. But I think the market's ready. I think they're ready for a new player in the market. Um, we are doing all of our stuff online. So we've got a little bit of a different way of going about um, selling and our approach to the market. So, yeah, you know, we're going to give it a shot and let's see how it goes. I think I just wanted to add one point there, Derek, if I may. The, I think what's important is we're not just bringing in the actual irons that Patrick Reed uses. You mentioned him up front. So he, he uses the, the MB101s, which is a set of blades, um, and, and they're absolutely unbelievable clubs. But we've, we've brought in an additional three sets of cavity back clubs from the 202s, which are for the kind of the, the distinctly single-figure handicap golfers, to the triple threes. Which are which are a little bit more forgiving, but still absolutely incredible clubs. That's they probably range from a five six handicap through to someone in there in the teens somewhere. And then we've got we've got a fourth range, uh, a range called the PCXs. And the PCXs are, are on our website. We use the words they for the weekend warrior, but they are forgiving, but absolutely unbelievable. Our technical experts, um, Landon Ferguson, when he hits the piece, and he's a he's a plus four or plus two or something. Um, but when he hit the PCXs, he just couldn't believe what he was hitting. He just said, you cannot miss with these clubs. They're absolutely unbelievable. They feel, they just feel incredible for, for what they are. So we, we've brought in a range to, to cover the market and to complement any, any existing golfer. Yeah, I, I, when I first heard about you guys, I went and looked at your, your website and looked at the clubs. And I, I mean, I won't lie, the PCX reading up about them really grabbed my attention, you know, because we have a lot of friends who who play golf with us in the Raider Golf Group who are exactly that, are the rather, yeah, the weekend warriors, the guys who are really new into the game, um, very high handicaps. And, you know, they often try and go for clubs that are not forgiving enough, that are, yeah, and, and it just spoils the occasion. So, I mean, I love that you've got all the way from Blades through and that you're, you're catering for for the different scenarios. But I also love, I love that you're doing things differently. You know, we're not going to go into the Pro Shop or Golfers Club and buy it. You're going through through the online side of things and it's 2021. It's almost 2022. I mean, take us through uh, a, a consumer's experience. What, what can they expect to get when they buy online, when they want to chat to somebody, how, how does the process work for them? If you, do you want to answer that from, yeah, from the from, marketing side? I think from a marketing point of view, I think I think there's a couple of things that led to this decision. And, and I must and I really must stress this. It wasn't a decision made lightly and certainly not made easily as well. Um, but look look at the lessons we've learned over the last 20 months of COVID. Look at the the adoption of online shopping, of of how people are, are buying, how people are are interacting online. And if I can give you one little bit of extra insight into 
Jason's and my lives prior to Grindworks and, and probably still. I mean, uh, Jason runs a logistics company, so he has the ability to move things, move things around. He has the ability to get things into the country um, in a cost-effective, cost-effective um, quick manner. My background is I run a, a public relations firm and, uh, and I also manage a, a digital marketing business. So we, t- we took overlaid these two sets of skills and we play into our strengths and our strengths as well sit with, for, for too long, we, we've, we've thought that um, South Africa, South African golfing consumer isn't getting the value for money that they could be getting. So we wanted to bring clubs in. We wanted to pass the savings on and we've taken a bit of a risk and we're going directly to the consumer with, with the range of clubs. Your actual question was about the consumer journey. So you said you popped onto our website. So that's exactly where we are. We're doing all our marketing online through Facebook, um, Facebook, or just all social media forum adverts. We're doing Google search. We're doing Google display. We're doing all of that stuff as, as you should be. And then there is a consumer journey that sits in the website. Obviously, the biggest challenge with a golfing brand is it is an emotional purchase. Somebody wants to buy what they want. They want to touch it. They want to feel it. They want to hit it. They, they want to live with it for a, for a short bit. So we, we put together a, a way of testing the club in the comfort of your own, in the comfort of your own um, country club or golf course or whatever it may be. So let's just, as an example, let's say we have a potential client in Durban that is interested in one of our clubs. And let's say his name is Tyron and Tyron is from Durban. If Tyron reaches out to us via our website and he clicks on the button called Try Before You Buy, Quite simply, um, he, w- he would choose his, he would select the iron that he's most interested in or wood or whatever it may be, and we would send him a test club. Um, we would put a small, small charge against his credit card. He would get the club for, he would get the club for, for a week, and then we would have it and um, we would go and collect it from him and give him an absolute 100% full reimbursement of that cost that gets held against his credit card. So essentially, you are able to test the club in the comfort of your own um, country club or golf course for free. And I don't think anything speaks, speaks to better as a consumer than that. We've got a couple other little tricks and treats along the line for a consumer, which we're rolling out. But you'll have to wait and see as we roll those mm-hmm. out over time. I, I actually mentioned that to Ty um, a couple of days ago when, when we spoke about this behind the scenes and, and we said we had to get you guys on board. And... I mentioned the, the the fact that you can try out the club online, getting it uh, for a weekend. And Ty, you, you were blown away. Yeah, Derek, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that. I mean, you, you obviously go to the pro shop and you can play putt-putt for a few hours um, or you uh, can can swing a club, but it's not really the same. Playing in a, in a shop mm. where you're relaxed, where it's different, there's people around, you won't experience it on the course. Um, well, at least I know I do. I do. I mean, that's the way. <laughs> I'm not really the biggest fan of driving ranges myself. I'd rather go pay for a round and go play on the course and learn on the course. I feel like it's yeah. the, the real way to do it. What, what we're doing in addition, um, just, I mean, we're a small startup team, quite obviously. We, we've only launched the brand about 10 days ago. We're trying to get our clubs into as many golf days as possible because obviously you've got a captive market from, from a marketing point of view. But the thing is not you arrive at the golf day and you can win a wedge or win a putter or win, you know, something like that, or everyone gets a cap. <clears throat> that, that flies in the face of what we're trying to achieve. If you play, if, if we participate in a golf day and let's say we sponsor the fourth hole, which, is a, which would be a short hole, you have to use one of our clubs to play your shot. 
to qualify for closest to or to go into a lucky draw to oh, win wow. something or whatever it may be. But it comes down to, once again, the experience. Because it's once somebody's actually used the club, felt the club, you understand the difference between a cast iron club and a forged iron club. You start to grasp the difference between a 15,000 rand set of clubs and a, and a, a set of forged irons that are now being sold for 15,000 rand. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I, I cannot wait to get my hands on them. And, and a bit about the history. I, I, I mean, it's a, a very, very young brand and, as mentioned, launched in Japan. And and how has it taken over the golfing world? I mean, you, you spoke about uh, Neil Skittercut here in South Africa. I know we've mentioned Patrick Reed. Um, but, yeah, how, how did the product come about and, and uh, how, how receptive have consumers been to it, uh, particularly outside of SA? I just want to just make one um, note on Neil Skittercut. He We met him on the range and he just hits our clubs. He's, he's not using our clubs. I just wanted to put that as a proviso in case he's got a club sponsor. <laughs> and we, we are certainly not claiming to to be putting clubs in the hands of, of Neil. I must say, he, he actually hit the clubs that I own, the ones in my bag, and they've never been hit that well. But that, that is a complete side issue. <laughs> If, the, 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 the middle is still new on yeah, Kev's clubs. Yeah, the middle is. Derek, I think the, the, the middle of my clubs are as new as the middle of your clubs. So I think <laughs> I think Tyron and Jason can have a different conversation. Oh, um, but you talk about the, the brand globally. The brand was established in 2015, obviously in Japan. The, 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 the global CEO um, is... He's been inducted into the, the, the Hall of Fame for, for club making. So, so he is very, very well respected, very, very well established. Um, he's got a long history of making clubs, but he, he started the brand Grindworks in 2015. A little bit later, collaborated with Patrick Reed, who is, I think, in my, the last time I looked, was the 11th best golfer in the world the number one golfer in terms of, of short game stats, which is incredible. And I would like to talk mm. about wedges in a short while. And I think more than simply putting a name on a bag or a name on a club, Patrick is very involved in the club manufacturing process in the design um, in, you know, in, in various elements of, of the materials. And that, that is terrific. So, so Grindworks works on a distributorship basis. Um, they exist, I think there's about 15 or 20 countries in which they exist. Patrick Reed owns the franchise in US, in the USA. So he owns the brand in the USA. Very big brand in Japan, very big brand in China, various other markets. And then obviously it's been, we, we launched it in South Africa a couple of weeks ago. Once again, it's, it's, it's an interesting process. When you go direct to consumer, it's a, it's a slower introduction to the market, certainly. Um, as we, we said it a second, ago, a second ago, we've been in business for eight days. Um, and I think we've sold 25 sets of clubs already. Wow. So 25 different people are using our irons, which is really, really good news. Um, but we are certainly, if you, if you go in sort of three-day tranches, every three days is busier than the three days before it. So, so the upswing is real. Um, the the adoption is real. The interest is real, mm. um, and and that's all we want. We we want we, we we don't want to upset the market for upsetting the market's sake. That's not what it's about. It's about the consumer getting a club in their hand, one that they can afford, and two that they really love. So we we're trying to do everything we can to put clubs in people's hands. And, and Kevin, with those twenty five cents that were sold, were those all as a result of customers? Um, trying out a club, I think that's impossible because if it's eight days no. old, would have had to be. so a lot of them just uh, bought blind, basically. 
some people today, and I'll give you a perfect example today. We, I, we had a gentleman pop an email through this morning, didn't know the person, never met the person, hasn't played in the golf day that we've supported, hasn't been to one of our range evenings, hasn't seen the actual apparel, popped through a one-line email to through our websites or through our social media marketing, inquiring about two sets of blades, the top of the range clubs. Wow. He paid an hour later. He'll get his clubs tomorrow. They're going to be they're going to be hand delivered to his office to him and his business partner, and that's happening. We we've had somebody in Cape Town. We've had two two fellas in Durban. One in, um, one in Centurion. One in Centurion. There's probably I would say ten of the twenty five absolute blind purchase. And what I can tell you is, is every single one of those that have received the equipment already have sent a mail within a day or two just saying they can't believe what they're actually eating. Oh man. I'm going to ask you that question that you're not supposed to ask people, and that's uh, which is your favorite kit? Obviously, uh, you've got the drivers, you've got the irons, you've got the, uh, the fairway woods, the hybrids, uh, the putters, um, the wedges. Yeah, but, uh, uh, what are you the most proud of in your, in your okay, arsenal Jay, of weaponry? Tara and Jason and I are going to argue here, but obviously, <laughs> obviously, obviously I'm right. Um, but for, for me, as, as, as I think the irons are absolutely terrific, but for me, first prize are the wedges. I can't believe the feel that the wedges give you, the, that we launched with a set of wedges called the, the 86 raw wedges, which is that kind of raw, how do I say it nicely? That's kind of, that, it's got that raw, grippy feel to the wedge, and they're just absolutely incredible. And then just um, tomorrow, actually, which this is being broadcast in a few days' time, which would be October the 20th, we're launching a second set of wedges. These are the actual wedges that Patrick Reed will be using. Um, they call the next season. Yeah, yeah, for next season, called the Barrett Collection. So for me, it's the wedges. I know Jason is looking at me with disappointed eyes, but it's okay. Yeah, Tyron, for myself, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Eins, um, especially the, the 202s and the MD range. Um, you know, I, I play off a, a low handicap, so you know those are the things that I really um, gravitate towards. And then the putter. You know, I've used a lot of putters in my life. Um, you know, all the brands. I'm exceptionally good on the greens. That's where where I kind of make up my shots. Some of the terrible off the tee box. We still need to work on that a lot. But the flat stick, it rolls true. The feel is good. Um, it's actually unbelievably well balanced. So yeah, if I had to choose, I'd, I'd go towards the putter and, and the arms, probably the 202s or the MBs or, or my, my thing. Well, I, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I won't lie, given what Kevin spoke about with the wedges, because, um, well, my long game is nothing to be spoken about whatsoever. My short game is pretty impressive. Uh, I'd like to think so. So yeah, that's uh, certainly something that I'll be casting my eye over. But like Ty said, uh, who knows? Maybe I've been using uh, the wrong driver. Well, that's uh, I've lost two drivers. I promise you, I won't lose this one. Um, but <laughs> on, on, good, good sell, there. Yeah, good sell. Honestly, I, I have I have actually lost two drivers on the golf course. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't wait to get my hands on them. And uh, uh, price wise, I mean, I'm looking at these prices, and uh, they are super competitive. They're they, they're superb. Yeah. So Derek, the, the prices, you know, the PCX range. Um, you know, you're looking at 12 and a half grand is, is what we're retailing at. Um, it does come pitching wedge to five iron and not four iron with the PCX range. 
And there's a reason why that's been done. You know, it is for the higher handicap golfer. Um, you know, they battle. A long iron isn't the easiest thing for the guys to do. So, you know, we suggest that the guys put in a hybrid, you know, one or two hybrids in the bag instead of that, that four iron. Yeah, man, I, I cannot wait. So, so, yeah, we, And we, then we've yeah, got, obviously, go the, you know, the rest of the range goes up to the top of the line, which is 18 grand. Um, and then, you know, all the other, the other sets of pitching wedge to four iron. Um, you know, if, if any of the, the customers are confused on which ones they should be using, they're more than welcome to give us a shot. You know, we'll put our, our technical experts onto them and, you know, we can discuss and get the, the right clubs in the right hands. And, and again, it's simply a case of logging on to grindworks.co.za, uh, making your orders. And if uh, you just want to try before you buy, uh, a tremendous initiative is that you simply click here and uh, you'll have an, a, an iron shipped to you for one week to test in the comfort of your own local club or range, which I, I think is absolutely brilliant. Like Ty said earlier, uh, you can have some fun on the putting greens uh, over in your shops, but it uh, doesn't quite replicate what you find out on the course. Great, and, uh, and, and we'll be discovering that uh, in a couple of days when myself and Ty take on the courses, uh, probably Serengeti. I'll be playing, I think, Wanderers, if I'm not mistaken, later this week as well. Um, hopefully, I, I can get my hands uh, on these beautiful grindworks before that. Uh, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, gents, thank you so much for for what promises to be a, an incredible initiative and a very exciting time for golf clubs in, in South Africa. Yeah, Derek, thanks for having us. Um, we really do appreciate it. We'll get those ones out to you as soon as we can. Um, please make the ground the Groundworks name proud when you play with them. Um, and yeah, try your best not to lose our driver. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and, and um, before you guys do jump off just obviously on social media where can everybody find you yeah so we we're on twitter and um, very simply grindworks za or at grindworks za we're on facebook grindworks sa uh, we're on instagram as well and um, grindworks sa and just come to the website. All the details are there. Yeah. Jens, thank you so much. And we can't wait to try them out. And uh, I promise you, myself and Ty will be giving it a full review next time uh, we come to you in episode 11. Hey there, this is Brian McFadden, uh, Irish singer-songwriter, and more importantly, avid golfer. And you're listening to Raider Golf with Derek and Ty. Thank you very much, Brian McFadden, singer extraordinaire, also a very, very good golf fan, a big fan of Raider Golf. i tell you what, who, another man who's a big fan of the show because he's making his second appearance. And Ty, what a performance over the weekend. And of course, you spoke about a little earlier, one of the iconic courses the world over, Gary Player Country Club, hosted the Blue Label Challenge. Yeah, Derek, what, what a great course, what a great tournament. It's always great to see golf happening at um, Sun City and, and obviously to see the Sunshine Tour back in action. And of course, to see a friend of the show, Lyle, finishing as the winner. And uh, hopefully we can get him to reenact some of his celebration dances. Um, was, was extra special. How are you doing, Lyle? Welcome to the show. Yeah, well, thanks yourself. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on. 
can you hear me properly? Yeah, perfectly. And uh, I see, are you? Uh, you've actually got the camera on. Are you you're at the, the yeah, range? Yeah, I can turn it off if you want. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. Are you at the range as we speak? No, no, I'm having a bite to eat here with uh, my mate Jake right now. Okay. So, so Lyle, how did it feel uh, winning your, your first Sunshine Tour event in five years? Yeah, obviously a big weight off the shoulders, which is um, always nice. You never know when, or you always wonder when you might win again. So to win and after such a long, long spell, it's, it's nice to get it done, especially on such a good course. And, and what? Well, I mean, you've been, sorry, Derek, I was just going to say, Lyle, you've been very competitive a lot lately. I mean, was there a big degree of frustration that you hadn't managed to get it over the um, yeah, it's obviously nice to be playing well and getting it in, like having a chance again to win uh, a couple of events, maybe Mount Edgecombe and Centurion. Um, but yeah, there's always there's one or two shots that you're trying to just shave off to, to get over the line. I'm sure that that must have been the case. I remember when we chatted to you, it was at, was it Serengeti earlier this year? Yeah, Serengeti, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we caught up to you and... And you're very much in the reckoning going into, um, I think it was the, the penalty. It was going into the final round. Yeah. And, yeah, and, round, yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, it didn't quite go all your way. This time, however, a, a different story completely. Yeah, that's, I think yeah, it was a sort of a harsh, um, harsh lesson to learn the thing, Serengeti, especially having put myself in position and then completely part of it. Um, so, yeah. Just to, to learn a lot from there, obviously a couple of mental hurdles to, hurdles to get over and then to try and put them into play at uh, Sun City. Tell us about the changes that took place at Sun City. A, a couple of ch- course changes. Are, are the front and back, I think the, the 9th and the 18th were swapped, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so we were finishing on the, the 4 5 9th, which obviously I think it might have been designed that way, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a, a nice, exciting finish, especially with that 4 5 that you can get up with. On two in the point system. Yeah, Lyle, obviously that's what a lot of uh, listeners won't know is that uh, uh, this tournament works on the modified point system. For those not in the know, how is that different from a normal tournament? Um, I think it obviously rewards aggressive play where you're getting points, two points for birdie, five for an eagle, eight for an albatross. So if you're making, you'd rather make nine birdies and nine bogeys than four birdies and four bogeys, if that makes sense, for the same score. So, um, I think I tied with Dylan finished second, but on score-wise, but obviously I had more points than him. So, just maybe more birdies than him at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and what would you say the condition? Obviously, we know Gary Play is a, is a, a course that desperately relies on the rain, and, and the rain hasn't quite come yet, so it's still quite dry quite a few brown patches, but overall, the condition of the course? Yeah, it was superb. The fairways were awesome. Uh, greens, were, greens were running great. They, I think they obviously they protected it a bit for the, the Open going the end of the year. So they could, have, they could have made it a little bit more tough in terms of green speeds and stuff like that. But yeah, there wasn't much rush, obviously, with no rain. You know, speaking of the ESA Open, uh, we know that it, it will be taking part at the, the same time venue that that you've just conquered i mean that must put a massive smile on your face because it 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 is a tournament that all south african golfers want to win and we had thomas apt on the show not too long ago and we spoke about 
the history that comes with the SA Open. And and we're going to be chatting to Ken a little later as well from uh, Gary Player Country Club in the build-up to, to this magnificent uh, occasion. And uh, I'm sure that you certainly must be a front-runner, given the fact that you've just won on the Sunshine Tour at the venue which will be hosting the, the SA Open. But there's something more to it as well, is the fact that this was your first Sunshine Tour victory in South Africa. I mean, how much yeah. does that mean to you? Yeah, it's just, it's just nice. Um, obviously, that golf course is I think it's a special place for a lot of South Africans. Obviously, watching it on TV, growing up, watching it, um, having played a few tournaments there in, in our careers and stuff like that. So it's a great course, and obviously, hopefully, only good vibes going there for the end of the year. Tell us about your, your schedule at the moment. Uh, you currently, it's, we're chatting to you on a Monday, two days after you lifted a lot that trophy. Uh, what's your schedule looking like for the, the next uh, couple of days? Yeah, so we've got Blair Athol this week, um, Thursday to Sunday, and then I think it's a week off, and then St. Francis Link, which is quite nice, like a second home home tournament. Yeah, well, you, you play out of Humid, um, obviously in, in Port Elizabeth, uh, otherwise known as Tebeka. Uh, one of yeah. the greatest Lynx courses the, the world over. And yeah, St. Francis Lynx is, is right up there. In fact, uh, we, we had Jeff Claus on the show not too long ago. So you, you, you no doubt would be chomping at the bit to take that on. But uh, a bit more on Blair Athol, uh, uh, a short course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially for a short form. For me, a short is a, it's, yeah, it's quite a beast of a golf, uh, golf course. Played uh, 10, 11 holes there now earlier. Yeah, the monster. Big greens, big bunkers, big fairways, everything there. It's just bigger. It's quite a track. So, so I mean, for for the, the non-seasoned uh, professionals, i.e. the rest of us, um, you know, obviously you have the tournament in Sun City, you finish on Saturday. How, I mean, how quick do you move on to the next place? What do you spend Monday, Tuesday? Is there Pro-Am this week? Or, you know, is there a bit of downtime or is it just nose to the ground nonstop? Uh, yeah, well, fortunately, we had um, yesterday off to, to try and recover a lot of it from Saturday's, Saturday evening and that week at Gary Player. So yesterday was just a bit of a recovery and travel day. And then today, I slowly get back into it this week. Um, I think there's a program on Wednesday that I'm not playing in. Um, so I'll just probably play nine hours and nine hours. One of the great things about the Sunshine Tour this season is the fact that viewers have been able to follow it live on Supersport. And you know, there's been a lot of talk uh, about it uh, the last couple of, couple of weeks. So myself and Ty have been heavily involved with conversations. Of course, I, I'm at Supersport, so I'm extremely biased. And, and Richard Maspro is a, a very good friend of the show. And he is uh, the Mr. Supersport, Mr. Golf, when it comes yeah. to the channel. And, <laughs> he is and, and, and he was telling me that it's it's actually been great for a lot of the players, which I, I think goes without saying, but the coverage has certainly enabled players to get more sponsors on board, um, be able to perform in front of cameras. Uh, I'm sure it must be a massive boost to a professional golfer to know that uh, when you are playing, there is coverage. Yeah, I mean, it's a great... Uh, Thomas has done so well for the tour, getting obviously TV coverage for the final two rounds or final round in the Origins events and stuff like that. It's, I think it's just great for the players to obviously play under the pressure of cameras, TV, and like I say, 
have a chance to showcase their skill. People that might be sponsoring them, family, friends that want to watch them that might not be able to to travel, especially during this obviously COVID um, story. And, and do you, do you feel that pressure? You say playing in front of cameras. I mean, have you got relatively used to it now, or do you feel it when, especially? I mean. Let's look at this past weekend. Uh, you were vying for contention going into the final, Dan. You ended up, of course, winning. Uh, what was it like with the, that camera following you for the last couple of couple of holes? Yeah, you obviously got to get used to it. Uh, it's nice, obviously, the more and more you play in front of them or with them, I suppose you get more used to them. Um, but yeah, it just adds a, a different dimension, you know? Getting a couple of well, good shots or bad shots. Yeah, one of the things you mentioned there is obviously we've played under a, the auspices of uh, COVID and bubbles and all of that. Uh, just last week, the government has ruled that fans are now allowed to return to sporting events. Obviously, very complicated uh, in terms of how many numbers and how long, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, do you guys, as, as the pros in golf, does that make a massive difference to you, the fans joining the crowding of the 18th? You know, how much of an impact do you foresee it making on the tour? Yeah, it's, it's nice that, that I mean, just, just their family and friends come and watch. I mean, obviously, having played Humewood not so long ago, there was a lot of members and family and friends there that wanted to come and watch us and just generally get out and see about a sport, you know. So it's been very frustrating from that side that you can't even have wives, girlfriends, mates come and watch when you play home courses. So... Yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a big, uh, not weight off, but I mean, it's nice just to people can get out again and, and watch sport. I mean, you did say wives and girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a few of the players yeah. were enjoying the fact that their wife and their girlfriend could come at the same yeah, time. Yeah, well, why? Yeah, depends if they knew. Yeah, apparently, there's no, there's not much to her at Dane Friends, so we're okay. Ah, okay. Oh, that was keys <laughs> <laughs> in the hat. Uh, we are digressing Uh, obviously well done it's awesome to see you back on the top of the winner's step I think it's been uh, coming based on the form you've been showing but uh, must just be a a good celebration I I must ask you because I did see some videos on Instagram was the celebration bigger than the celebration of your last title five years ago yeah that's I mean that's that's that venue and obviously that that event it's just it's just built to have a good time. So yeah, I know we had a good crack at it. Uh, fortunately, Sunday was uh, it was a bit of a write off, I must say. Yeah, the yeah, dance it, moves. I think there were some full bodies from those dance moves. <laughs> a couple bruises say, and scratches I, we didn't I, know about. I think Steve Surrey may have won the dance off. Yeah, he's he's a he's a lot smoother. He he moves a lot better than he looks. I promise. <laughs> well, no, he's, he's, sorry, he's, he's known to, we call it bouncing the ball. He, he thinks he's playing basketball. They sometimes have to kick him out of clubs because they say no ball games inside. <laughs> I, tell, I tell you what, we we may be over at Sun City for, for the, um, the SA Open. So hopefully we can catch up nice. then again. We can do things yeah. in person once again like we did last time at, at Serengeti. But uh, before we go, we're speaking about videos. Did you manage to catch the tremendous European tour video that was released a, a couple of days ago at the Guinness World Record? 
Yes, jeg tror, det sker, at du vokker en uh, menu Yeah, for those that don't know, Wilco Nienaber, Nikolai Hoegaard, uh, Sean Crocker, and Lee Min Wu Tai. What a video. Looking to break the world record as uh, the fastest hole played. Um, the record, which started at 3.37, ended at 5.55 p.m., and they completed it in 24.75 seconds. And, of course, Wilco was, was off the tee. Uh, what a great vid to watch, Ty. Yeah, Derek, it was a great vid, but, you know, the, the approach shot, <laughs> how accurate that had to be. So, yeah. so, first you get Wilco, and he's hitting these bombs, and they're getting these high bounces. So, you've got to run after it. As soon as it stops, you've got to be swinging. I mean, and, and you saw the one where they eventually broke the record. I mean, he almost hold that approach shot. Yeah. Uh, it's quite funny because it was four men that get the record, but only three men took a shot. So, <laughs> technically speaking, the last one is not part of the world record run. Yeah, I think that was uh, Hoygaard who who never got to got to touch the ball because it was Lee who sank the putt. Where where would you like to have been in that four man group, Lyle? What, what what position would you like to have played? I think I think Hoygaard obviously. My friend, listen back and watch. <laughs> No, nah, I think, I, yeah, I don't know, it would be nice, obviously, to hold the pack and just get it done, you know. Uh, I suppose the last shot's the most important one, isn't it? Well, I think, I mean, come on. The only thing left to do now is for the Sunshine Tour to do their own. I'll, I'll chat to Richard. Yeah, and, and I you, think so. Who, who, who would be off the but, tee? But not, not at Blair. Oh, no, oh, I was what you no. like there. We need something short. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably probably James uh, James Hartley to see off the tee box because he can yeah. basically drive uh, no, m- it, yeah. most par fives. Uh, get yourself up there in the approach. Maybe uh, who, who's leading? Who's the leading putter this year? That would be interesting. Oh. What, uh, yeah, it would be a, a, a great combination. No, they definitely. Like I said, I think. The, the European tour is so good with the way they, they do things and their, their interaction with um, Instagram and little challenges and stuff like that. Mm. It's brilliant what they do. So I think we need to jump on the bandwagon, do I'd, something similar. I'd, I'd love to get Henny Otto, but I'm just scared in case he misses the putt. Oh. What would happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have another guy. <laughs> uh, oh man, Lyle, it's been great having you on board. Uh, listen, best of luck this week over at Blair Athol, the nice uh, one of the shortest courses uh, on Mars, and <laughs> certainly one of the longest on Earth. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be a tough one nonetheless. And then you back over to the Eastern Cape. Uh, you'll be taking on uh, the St. Francis Links. And then a little later, hopefully, we see you in person at the ESSA Open at a venue where you've just been victorious. For sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll look, uh, look forward to seeing you guys there again. Can't wait. Cheers, Lau. Hi, this is Masazim from the European Tour, and you're listening to Rider Golf with Derek and Tyron. Thank you very much, Marcel, who has been tearing it up on the European Tour of later, a great fan, a friend of Raider Golf. So now, moving on to a new segment of the show, we have our celebrity golfer, uh, folks that aren't necessarily uh, well-known in the world of golf, but certainly well-known elsewhere. However, this person has managed to cross the bridge in both spheres. Felicity Sheba, a TV presenter, fashion designer, columnist, but most importantly, she's a golfer. But it's all things golf. She plays the sport. She writes about the sport. She has a golfing charity. You name it, she does it. Felicity, 
Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the show. It's, it's great to have you on board. Um, finally. Yeah, finally. And uh, yeah, t- t- tell us about how you got into this wonderful sport. Wow. Um, it's a, it's not a very long story. I mean, I've always loved golf. I just never had the time to play. So um, I found myself a time when I moved to Zimbabwe. I moved to Harare in 2003. And uh, I was just there as an expat, um, as an accompanying spouse. And I had all the time in the world and decided, you know what? This is it. This is the time to play. So I bought a set of golf clubs, uh, went to a golf course and said, hello, I'm here to play golf. (laughs) And I just I happened to be lucky enough to find that the pro at the golf course was uh, Tim Price, Nick Price's brother. And so he taught me how to play. Wow. And, and yeah, the rest is history. I, you know, exactly. And the rest is history. You know what, Ty, I mean, you and I play a fair amount of golf and and we tend to advertise it a bit on, on social media, particularly when it comes to the Raider golf uh, Instagram account, but it absolutely pales in comparison to the amount of golf (laughs) that Felicity gets to play. Uh, I mean, has it been, 24 hours since you've been in a golf course? <laughs> um, just, just 24 hours. Just 24 hours. What, what was the last place uh, you played at? I played on Saturday, I played um, Victoria Country Club in Peter Maritzburg. I, oh my gosh. How beautiful is that place? I don't know if you guys have played it, if any of you have played it, but that place is beautiful. Uh, it's it's on the list, but uh, I'm, I'm, it hasn't been that high up on the list. It might move up the list now because of you. Um, <laughs> no, it must be up the list. Uh, so where does it does it make your top ten? You know what? It actually does. Because I was sitting the other day and thinking, because I kept walking and thinking, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. The greens are stunning. The fairways are beautiful. It's green. It's surrounded by mountains. It is challenging. And also you've got some easy holes that you can score on. I mean, it's just, it's like a a little like a um, packet of like gummy bears. <laughs> like what do I eat next? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate asking the question because people always ask me and I'm loath to give them the numbers because the numbers are, are usually shocking. But uh, how did you score? Terrible. <laughs> but, Terrible. But I was, I shot my worst. I mean, I shot brilliant score in Somalia the other two weeks ago. And this has been one of my worst scores this year. But... Um, for some reason, I was still walking around thinking, this is so nice. Did I just get a double bogey? It's okay. Let's go to the next hole. You know, um, it's just, just, it was stunning. I didn't have to score that high, but I did. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. You know, of course, it's special when you walk off and uh, you're smiling and laughing and uh, you've lost more golf balls than you've got pars. Yeah. I did a little bit of ball donation while I was out there. So, uh, but you know what, though? I would love to go back when I am not so tired because it was like the end of my trip and I was like exhausted. So I'm making excuses now, but it really shouldn't be an excuse. But I was kind of exhausted, even though I was just taking in the scenery and enjoying the views. I'd like to go back and play. Yeah. Um, you, 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 around the 
you say the end of your trip because I mean there's a little tidbit that you alluded to uh, yeah two weeks ago I just played at Samola and I played very well there I mean that, that's people don't just say things like that off the cuff I played Samola the other day I'm based in Joburg though I was in Samola in Neisner uh, and now the other day I played in Peter Maritzburg and it was tremendous uh, and you, you really get around and you really get to experience uh, some of the best courses South Africa has to offer I really do. And, you know, I'm actually quite lucky and um, and I call myself the nomad and the golf tourist because I really am a golf tourist. This weekend, I was a proper golf tourist in Maritzburg. Uh, I just, um, it's one of my favorite things to do. Just go and play a course, rate it and see how it plays and see and hear other people's opinion of it. Um, but if a course is really, really stunning, I I usually tell people, listen, it's it's on the top 10 it's on the top five it's on the top whatever but just uh i'm very honest as well about how i feel about a course which is so you know. i mean i mean obviously you're the one bringing up top five and top 10 now so it segues brilliantly into what i should ask you and you know apart from obviously the the pristine and the obvious what are your five gems that you would recommend everybody gets a chance to play um, in South Africa or just anywhere? Let, let's start with South Africa and then we'll add a few others. Let's, okay, have. let's start with South Africa. Honestly, the gems and and this is my, it might sound cliche or, oh, we were expecting that, but it should be expected. The links, Bancourt. Um, there's something about that course that when you're standing on that first tee, you kind of need that shot because <laughs> you really do need that shot of whiskey that they give you there. Yes, because it's it's beautifully overwhelming. Um, and I don't know how you get you mean you you putting beautiful and overwhelming in one sentence, and that's just the links. It's 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 worth every single heartbeat when you get there and you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it or it's going to love you or you it's absolutely going to hate you. Um, I think that's definitely on my top five. And, and then um, oh, I would say uh, Gary Player, Gary Player Country Club. It's never been kind to me, never, ever, maybe once. And I've played it numerous times, uh, but it's when you've been, I think a lot of, if you've been to the net bank, and you see it in that setting and then try and play it without the setting of just being a spectator, it's also quite something. Um, and it's always in good nick. That's another thing. Um, the other one, which I, let's see, um, what's on there? Uh, okay, my, one of my favorites, and, and even though I'm an ambassador for it, it's still one of my favorites, East Coast, uh, Royal Johannesburg. Yeah. and it really shouldn't be, but it actually is. Oh, it's <laughs> the, the that was the last time. The East. That was the last time Ty played golf. Was uh, was with me when we played at the East Day time. That was the last time. And uh, how did you guys find it? I I thoroughly enjoy the East Course. Um, uh-huh. I, I know a lot of people like the West. I, I just there's something special about the East. It's a proper challenge. There's something special about um, the East. Yeah. Look, I. <laughs> I think it was on the 6th or 7th, I, I landed in the fairway bunker and I had to, I grabbed my three wood just to get it out the bunker and try and push down the fairway. 
I've never yeah. middled a ball like that that I actually ended up uh, landing on the green and upsetting the guys in front of me. Not intentional, oh, wow. but it was, uh, yeah, what a course. It is, you know, we, we're blessed in Johannesburg. Within 10 kilometers of each other, you've got Royal Joburg, exactly. Serengeti, Glen Dower. Exactly. I mean, and I'm missing, I, I mentioned three, sorry to cut you off there. I mentioned three, but Glendower was going to be my other one, which I, I just find amazing. And then Serengeti for me, always, oh. always, always, just always stunningly beautiful. From the minute you just walk in to the end of it, the course, the stuff, everything about it, it is spectacular. Well, well, you know, Serengeti is the home of Raider Golf. So I'm a member there. Oh, really? Yes. So. So Serengeti oh. is, is, is absolutely magnificent. Mark doing magnificent things uh, over at that course uh, just outside Oatambo International. You know, it was quite funny, though, because uh, we, I think we launched, no, we, did, we launched our second show at Serengeti when they hosted uh, part of the Sunshine Tour. And we're talking, I was speaking about it online, on social media, because I was playing there pretty much every week. And... I just said, oh, man, I'm back in paradise. And someone commented and they said, you know why it's called Serengeti? So I said, why? And they said, no, because when Jack Nicholas, who designed the course, he was standing around designing the course and planes were flying overhead because, of course, it's quite close to Ootamba. And, yeah. and he said, the planes of Africa, it's got to be Serengeti. I thought that is amazing. Oh, yeah. And then I chatted to Mark Renwick. No, and Mark Renwick said I didn't no. know that story. No, but it's rubbish. Mark Renwick said no, it's, it's absolute nonsense. It's just, it's a beautiful area that, that kind of uh, obviously replicates what you would expect to find at the yeah. at a Serengeti, this open playing field, uh, very little trees. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it is magnificent. I, I completely concur. It really is lovely. It is. With, the, with those top five, you, w- would you work out of those top five, Ty? Um, yeah, those, I mean, I've previously done my top three and, uh, Glendower, Royal Joburg are both in the top three, obviously, uh, as, as I spoke about Leopard Creek experiences for me, Gary players in my, my top, um, obviously I've also got soft spots for certain courses like Benoni Country Club because it's, it's the first place that I got a birdie. It's the first place I broke an 80. So, you know, you remember, you remember those clubs, but for, Pure aesthetic beauty, uh, for me, number one is probably from an aesthetic point of view, it's probably Glendower. Um, yes, from an experience stuff. point of view, it's it's Gary Player, um, first and Leopard Creek. Very nice. Okay, so I have to say, Leopard Creek is not on my list because I haven't played it yet. Um, it's obviously high up on the bucket list, <laughs> but I know that it's the reason why it's not on any of my lists is because I have not played it yet. But you're saying you have a soft spot for other courses around. I do too. Uh, for me, West. Mm. Funny enough, Johannesburg, Royal Johannesburg West. I have a soft spot for it. I feel like it's. This it's just so pretty because of all the trees and it's just really, really such a big difference from East that you can actually feel the difference and you're like in one place. You're literally like 500 meters across to the other side is the other course. Um, the, and I think that's really nice about it. The only soft spot I had for West was when I was in hospital. I was in Linksfield Hospital and my window looked at the West Golf Course, so at least gave me oh, some happiness. Nice. But that's but that's the only time Royal West has ever given me happiness because when I've played really? it, 
It just takes my happiness, pull the golf ball, and it hides it away, even when there's no water. Yeah, look, it's not an easy course. That people think, oh, West is, it's not actually easier. Let me tell you something about number, what hole was it? Uh, I shot the worst, we're playing middle. I shot the worst score on one hole at West. I had 12 shots. <laughs> 12, 12, or number four, number four, that puffer with a little creek before the before the part three, I had 12 shots on that hole. I had tears in my eyes. I wanted to cry. I was playing club champs and ladies were like, it's okay, Felicity. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Middle is not for sisters. <laughs> no. Uh- Felicity, uh, sorry, so let's talk about um, your, your personal um, highlights and not just from a golfing perspective, but you are heavily involved in golf and not just as a player. I spoke about it up front with regards to your charity. Yes. Tell us more. Um, well, the charity was like, it just started out of, uh, you know, realizing obviously that there's a need for it. Um, and then also realizing that you have the platform and the following to create something like that. But this girl's golf diary really started as a blog, a personal blog. Me just wanting to tell people about my, my, my beautiful traveling with golf and my bad golf, my good golf and just golf fashion. Just, it was just an easy little blog that I created that's turned into something magnificent and Initially, that wasn't the plan, but it's kind of evolved into a charity, into something bigger, into a um, a feature blog where we are featured in some magazines. And so um, in 2019, I thought um, I was writing for Tea and, Teas and Sandwiches. I had a monthly blog there and one of the pros, Sunshine Tour pros, had gone to um, the the driving range in Alexandra and the kids they asked him if he knew me because they had read my blog and they knew about me and so he came to me he said wow Felicity you need to go and see those kids they probably need a lot of help just go and yeah greet meet and greet and just make them happy just to show up so I decided to go and have a look at it and uh, to my surprise it's just like an open field with 50 100 200 markers uh, very barren and no shelter, no water, no, no things. But there were about 60 kids from Alex playing, hitting golf clubs, old golf clubs. They have a coach who's been there for a while. Um, and I thought, wow, this is fantastic. It keeps them off the streets. They, they're doing something good. They're enjoying this. And you could tell these little people just love what they're doing. Um, so I thought, okay, well, how can I help? Um, decided to do a golf day. I chose to golf day where um, I started off just collecting stuff for them. So I collected range balls, um, driving mats, uh, gazebos, you know, things that they, that they could use and I could do at the time. Uh, last year, obviously, we didn't have it because of COVID. And then the most recent one was probably our most successful one, um, which was fantastic. I had the kids come and play. The older kids, there's also teenagers there who can actually hit a ball and play a game, but had never played like a golf course or anything like that. So I always bring a four ball to play. Um, the first one, they played Houghton. And it's just really nice to see their faces and just have them in it, in that environment where they know that um, 
the driving range is not the last place where they they should end up. Um, and that's really to just create positivity and give them a different perspective of what goes on outside of their driving range with regards to golf and create awareness with other people that they're these kids that actually need help. So we, I mean, we, we, I collected like over 20 golf bags sets um, and then separate uh, clubs that just came in randomly clothes, hats, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, We're still waiting to do like a, We've given the stuff over to them, but we're still waiting to do a a sort of an activation with all the kids and everything else that we've collected. Um, but uh, basically, that's what it is. Just creating awareness. Who knows? One of the kids might end up going to an academy somewhere and joining the Sunshine Tour. It's, it's just really creating as much awareness about it as possible. Well, and, and in creating and in the spirit of creating awareness, where can our listeners find out more about this? Um, they can email me at uh, this girl's golf diary uh, and, and then we can have a chat about it and I can let them know when they can go out there. I can go out and show them, introduce them to the coach, to the kids. Um, it's really just getting in touch with me uh, and then I just you know, make the connection between whoever's interested and the coach who helps the kids out. And of course, they can visit your website. Tell us a bit more about that. And they can visit, yes, they can visit my blog where they can read, obviously, about the golf courses and the the little blog that I have about golf in general. And um, leave comments, send me an email through there and just have have a look what I I do. My Instagram page, probably the most busiest one and the Facebook page, the, the Skulls Golf Diary. Um, that's the one that gets the most interaction, that gets the most, um, uh, you can email me from there too. There's a link where you can press email and email will come straight to me and uh, my little team. But yeah, that's really, that's pretty much what it is. If anyone's interested in donating, helping out, finding out ways they can be involved, um, it's just through me or the coach, but obviously I'd have to facilitate that meeting with the coach. Well, yeah, I mean, you are all over social media. Uh, I follow you a lot over on, on Twitter, Felicity Sheba, at Felicity Sheba, and you, you spell it like it sounds, so I, I suppose, nice and easy. Uh, you can find you on Instagram. <laughs> I like the way you say spell it like it sounds. <laughs> it's not S-H-E. <laughs> yes. And, and, and finally, we've got to ask, uh, so your dream four ball, including yourself, so just three other people, and on what course? Oh, oh, wow. Um, the four ball is very easy for me, though. Uh, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I'm like an, an ridiculous Tiger fan. I don't know who isn't, but, yeah, you know, I'm not going to talk to those people. Attica <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorenston, who is my favorite. She's my female Tiger Woods, obviously. I was lucky enough to sit with her and have a chat with her and watch her play and follow her around um, at the Gary Play Invitational. And then uh, Rory, Rory McIlroy. Oh, you must have been happy with what transpired over the weekend. Yes, I am. <laughs> Rory. Uh, look, there's a few other people that I could add, like I could interchange, but those are really the ones that um, are my, that's the four ball including me, and it would have to be Augusta. It would have to be um, 
<laughs> it would have to be um, that beautiful course out in Georgia. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find uh, many people that would disagree with you. Uh, Felicity Sheba, it's been amazing having you on the show. Well done on everything that you have achieved so far uh, on and off the golf course. And uh, may your charity go from strength to strength. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me questions, like a quiz. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I remember, I'm so glad there's no quiz involved. I remember when I messaged you about the interview, how hesitant you were, and I thought, why? You speak about golf 24 7. And, uh, I actually do. What's 25 8? Like, <laughs> what difference will that make? <laughs> I know. I know everyone's like, Felicity, any drop of a hat. No one's interested in your golf. These are my friends who don't like sport. I'm like, yeah, well. You're going to have to listen anyway. <laughs> Finally, I have to ask, and it's, it's probably one of the things that gets the biggest reactions when, when you do speak about it on social media is the fact that you're a mother, but you're also a grandmother. And yes. are, your, are your kids and grandkids uh, big golf lovers? Every, everyone is now. <laughs> <laughs> they have no choice. No, look, they are. They actually are. Luckily for me, everyone in my family is an athlete. I was a huge athlete growing up. So my kids played numerous sports. Um, no one's actually played golf um, as as <laughs> diligently as me, but they can play uh, or they try to. Uh, uh, I think my, my youngest is probably going to be the best golfer of all of us. He's determined to beat me. And then... Um, I got my granddaughter. She's like a year and a half, some golf clubs. So who knows? Excellent. Felicity, thank you so much for joining us uh, on Raider Golf. Uh, yeah, we'll see you on the fairways and on the greens, hopefully not in the bunkers and in the rough. Uh, hey, we should play, you guys. I'm happy to play with you guys. No, done. Anytime. I'm in. I'm in. Hey, Ty, can we do this? No, Absolutely. Let's get it going. 100%. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a plan awesome. uh, ASAP you. and then we'll report back in the next episode with how Felicity thrashed Tyron and Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Hey, this is Thomas App, Commissioner of the Sunshine Tour, and you're listening to Raider Golf with Derek and Ty. So we had Lyle Rowe a little earlier on the show who recently won the Blue Label Challenge and uh, that took place at the iconic Gary Player Country Club, arguably South Africa's most famous course, home to Africa's major, the Nedbank Golf Challenge, as well as a host of others, including that Blue Label Challenge and the upcoming SA Open, designed by one of the greatest to have ever played the game. Uh, so, joining us is the GM. Uh, we're great to have him on, on the line, uh, Ken Payette. Ken Thanks for joining us. Jeez, uh, it's uh, been a long time coming, and uh, I understand that you had to rush back in order to, to make this interview, but we, we're thrilled that you managed to do so. Yeah, great to be with you, Derek and Ty. Yeah, awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, the pleasure's all ours, I, I can assure you. Uh, you must be thrilled with, with what took place over the last couple of days. Yeah, very, very happy. I must say it was a fantastic event. Uh, great golf. I tell you what, it's incredible how well these guys play around this very, very difficult track. And the conditions weren't easy. It was, um, you know, the beginning of the week, the weather forecast, 
uh, looked pretty pretty grim with regards to the heat wave that we experienced, and we we definitely went through it. And then um, the final round on Saturday, it was heat, and the wind was just incredible. You know, the wind around the Gary Player Country Club, there's no one direction. It just swirls all over the place. So, And you could see it in the scores. But uh, I must say, the guys handled it very, very well. I'm very, very happy with the event. Blue Label Telecom's a great sponsor uh, with Brett Levy and with Larry Neerstadt also supporting the event. So hopefully many more to come. Ken, obviously, uh, the one thing that's been missing on the calendar is, uh, because of COVID, is the Medbank Golf Challenge. Africa's major. Every young South African growing up, their favorite golf tournaments outside of the four golf majors. I mean, I know you can't have that now, but if you had to settle for another tournament, it's not really settling with the SA Open. You guys must be stoked to be able to host that again this year. Yeah, absolutely. The SA Open, just the history around the SA Open is just incredible. So very privileged and honored to to be the host. Um, We did it last year. And it was a fantastic event, although under very strict COVID bubble regulations. So um, it, it wasn't fantastic, especially from a player point of view and also obviously from a spectator point of view. Uh, but this year, obviously, uh, hosting the ESSA Open again the first week in December, uh, regulations are a little easier or not as strict as last year. So um, the fact that we could have spectators, although you have to be vaccinated. So we're busy in planning at the moment with regards to, um, you know, who is eligible. Um, But it's very difficult when you're on the resort. um, At any given time, you have four and a half to 5,000 hotel residents staying here. So there is a potential that we could restrict it to hotel residents and there'll be a small element of day trippers that could be allowed to come up and watch. Yeah, we're actually in discussions with Thomas and... uh presumably with you as well, in terms of doing a show daily from the S Open. So hopefully we we manage to fit inside that bubble, obviously, with regards to restrictions as well. So hopefully we can do this again in person in, in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, talk us through the, the transition from Blue Label through to S Open, because there were a couple of changes to the course. Um, I, I know the, 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 the 9th uh, and 18th were swapped around, and, and that proved to be fairly popular and was it the 15th that was moved forward a little bit to, to make that green drivable yeah so so the sunshine tour from a setup perspective they quite like uh, moving the t forward on 15 because it's a real risk and reward um and it's a fantastic a fantastic little hole that um you know you saw a couple of guys heading on the green and unfortunately if you hit it wayward there uh, you could you could uh, make some numbers so it's, it's a little different, especially towards the end of, of the round. And that could be make or break. You know, you're either going to be putting for an eagle or, um, you know, you could be struggling to make power drop. So, so with the nine swap, you need a little bit of excitement. Uh, and obviously the iconic, uh, which is normally the ninth, when you play it, when normal guests play, and also for the NMA Golf Challenge, mm. is now the 18th for, for, Blue, for, for SO Open. And we did that last year. So... Um, it's a great arena, it's a great finishing hole as well. So a little different. And also we wanted to move away from, from uh, the Nedbank Golf Challenge because that alone has its own identity. Um, and, um, you know, we want to keep, keep that sort of history and that tradition in place uh, by, by, by keeping the, the nines uh, as is for Nedbank Golf Challenge. So a little different and just to add a bit of excitement towards the end of the round. We spoke to to Lyle Rowe earlier. I spoke to uh, I mentioned that, and 
Uh, you can imagine he must be thrilled by the fact that he's just won an event taking place at the host of the SA Open because it is an event, and, and Thomas Apt mentioned this to us a, a couple of weeks ago. We, we, I think we take it for granted just how big, uh, how much it means to players to win their own national event. Yeah, I tell you what, it's 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 goosebump stuff, and really, as I said, steeped in history. And if you look at the names on the trophy that has won previous SO Opens, it's just remarkable. And to have your name on that trophy, it's you know, it's it's there forever. It's history. Um, so I just wish that um, a lot of your your South Africans who are playing overseas in in the on the PGA Tour and in in Europe will support the SO Open. Um, and hopefully they will uh, towards the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had a great year. Three winners on the PGA Tour. Eric Van Royen, we'd love to see him back. Gary Kirchhoff, we'd love to see him. Vilko Ninaba is setting world records for fastest holes. And we really do have a great young South African core coming through right now. I mean, has there been some players that we maybe don't know about that you've seen uh, in the past couple of days at Sun City that, you, that grabbed your attention and you thought maybe, sure, this guy has something to watch out for. Yeah, I think if you look at if you look at the leaderboards um, in the past couple of weeks, and no doubt this week as well at Blairville, um, you know, if you look at sort of almost the cream of the crop coming to the top with regards to Gary Player, because it's a tough golf course. So if you look at Trelaw Rose, um, if you look at the youngsters coming through, there's some really really good prospects. I just wish, and I think now that there's going to be a lot more tournaments coming up. And, and hopefully they'll have a lot more opportunities to, to play events. You know, as an stretch now, you've got, um, you have Blue Label Challenge last week, you've got Blair Athel this week. Um, and then obviously the guys start preparing for SO Open. Uh, you've got Joburg Open, SO Open, and then the Dunhill. So you just got to look at the young players that are really playing well on difficult golf courses. And, and this week at Blair Athel is another long, um, long, long track with huge greens. So, so there's some really, really good prospects. And, and the guys, this is a, a huge, huge stepping stone from a Sunshine Tour perspective to play overseas. But uh, we just must make sure that we don't lose too many players to the tours. And, and I know it's very difficult because you're earning a living and you want to try and make your USPGO Tour card. But somehow or another, we need to, to keep that South African player playing a lot more tournaments uh, in South Africa and not only just your SO Opens or your your Nairbank golf challenges. It's supporting the Sunshine Tour because that's your feeder. That's, um, you know, the Sunshine Tour and many golf courses in South Africa have enabled those players to become superstars. And I feel that they need to give back by supporting tournaments in the coming years. And an easy way to do that, and and not just with players, but with just uh, the regular man in the street, lady in the street, is is by competing as well and, and just playing golf regularly because there's no doubt about it that with the COVID restrictions dropping, it, uh, it certainly is one of the most popular sports around and, and arguably one of the most, even during lockdown, when you were allowed to play because you could get out, get some fresh air, spend time out in the sun uh, and a little bit of rain. And, you know, we, we mentioned it at the top of the show, Ty was speaking about the the history when it comes to Gary Player Country Club because very few uh, golf courses come with that history where you can witness the heroes like the Gary Players, like the Ernie Els, having 
um, done so well on Gary Player Country Club because it was a it's an event that we've come to know and love at the end of each year. I'm talking about the Nedbank Golf Challenge. Of course, now we move over to the SO Open. But just with regards to the club and the course itself, I mean, for for anyone to be able, and I played it for the first time towards the end of last year, to be able to go and walk the same fairways, to, to pat the same greens as the heroes that they saw year in, year out, and uh, you, you don't get that everywhere. Well, it's inspirational stuff, isn't it? As a youngster, I used to come watch um, the great superstars. Um, if you look at the likes of your Ernie Elses, if you look at your, your Brandon Graces, your Gary Hugos, they all came to the Gary Player Country Club, to the Nedbank Golf Challenge, and watch superstars. So that's inspiration that they want to do, that's in the flesh, that's watching the likes of your Nick Faldos, your Sevi Ballesteros's, all those iconic players. And you say, I want to be like that. I want to do whatever I can in order to make sure that I'm competing at that level. So, And that's going to continue for many, many years to come, as long as there's a Nedbank Golf Challenge, as long as there's an SO Open. Young junior players, and that's why we introduced the Nedbank Junior Challenge this year. I was very, very excited because um, it's a tournament that I've wanted to do uh, for the last two years. And in, in, in partnership with Nedbank and Golf RSA is, is have your juniors come and play the Gary Play Country Club, come and play under uh, very similar conditions, although the course is not as long for, for the juniors as that for, for, for Nedbank Golf Challenge, but it's very, very similar pins. So... It's, it's actually experiencing firsthand. And the winner of that event um, will be invited to, to spend time um, in and amongst the players, although not playing, um, but get to experience the behind the scenes, get to experience what a player's doing uh, after hours in the gym, uh, on the practice tee, what are they working on, how they're working on it. So, so that's what I wanted to do this year. Um, but it's, it's, it's incredible what, what these players do with regards to inspiring the younger players. And it's something that I really would, I was, you know, I was a junior many, many years ago and played half decent golf. And that's how I want to become better. That's how I want to play in tournaments by, by mimicking, by, by trying to get an advantage as best as possible. Um, you know, and that's the only way is that you can look at the best in the world and it's all good and well. It's fantastic watching it on TV. But when you watch it in flesh, if you watch the guys coming in the practice rounds and how they prepare for the tournament, it's methodical. It's, it's, it's calculated. Uh, they go out there. They make sure that the yardage is a pinpoint. They look at the wind. Um, so it's not just arrive and play golf. This is a job for, for those superstars. And how they go about their business pre-tournament and during is just remarkable. It's something that... Um, if, if you have the privilege to experience, you need to take on board to, to make sure that you are better in your own game going forward. Ken, obviously you guys have hosted some of the biggest names in the world, but I'm going to put you on the spot now and say, of all the names you've hosted at Sun City over the years, at Gary Player Country Club, if you could pick three of them to play in a perfect four ball with you, who would you pick? <laughs> oh wow, jeez, you're putting me on the spot now, eh? So the first player, without a doubt, is Nick Price. What a true gentleman. He's an unbelievable person. I would put Nick Price in that in that four ball. Um I would put my hero as as a as a as a junior Sevi Ballesteros, but oh. unfortunately he's no longer with us. So he'll be there. No, we'll, we'll allow it. We'll oh. allow it. <laughs> what a player. Um 
the next one, wow. Um, everybody thinks probably Tiger Woods, but um, wow, that's going to be a difficult one. Eh? Um, yeah, I would probably, it's, it's, it's a mix up between your Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. Um, Tiger Woods, I suppose, yeah. Just because he's just, you know, just who he um, is. He, he's, player, he's Tiger. Yeah. He's Tiger. You, yeah, you don't really need to explain yeah. that decision ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, we, we actually... So that's it, yeah. I would have... I, 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 and, and I saw, where, I saw where, Seve, where, sorry. I, I saw Seve around, play around Gary Player. <laughs> and his short game was just... There was there was, there was was positions that he was... I was like, there's just no ways he's going to get up and down. And Tris Bob, he got up and down. So... Just incredible. And and Ken, was he was he a character to watch? Because that was my favorite thing about Seve. Because as good as golfer he was, just that persona, you know, he wasn't machine robotic like. It didn't look like he had character. He had that Spanish flair. And and did you experience that? Yeah, definitely. That Spanish flair. That um, you know, the Spaniards are very emotional Mm. characters. And wear their hearts on their sleeve, and and I tell you what, when they hit a bad shot, or um, or if they hit, even if they hit a good shot or, or or a putt, you see it now with with Sergio. You look at uh, Jimenez, um, just very passionate people. Or John um, John Rahm's two putts against Louis at the US. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they almost Sevi was a. A different person when he hit that, or before he hit that first tee shot, it was you know it was like a different person. He was like in a zone, and he didn't care about anyone else. Uh, respectfully, um, it was about it was about winning. It was about playing his best golf, and it was almost um, like he was. I'm sure in his mind he was the only player on the golf course at that given time, and you saw it. It was evident in Ryder Cups. But I saw it firsthand, without a doubt. It was like, um, yeah, he was walking down the fairway like he was the only player on that hole. So, um, but just yeah, and 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 what was nice about Seve is, as a youngster, I played a very similar game. I hit it all over the place in the bush, and, <laughs> you know, hack it out, and hit on the green in one putt. And that was very similar. You know, my game was very similar to that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it was you know Nicky Price, just an absolute true gentleman. And always had time for 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 people, for youngsters, autographs, um, just absolute iconic gentlemen. And um, yeah, I just wish and hopefully I'm, I'm really, really trying as a tournament director for Nebbing Golf Challenge and being our 40th edition next year. I'm pretty confident that we will have it. Um, is is that you get these superstars to come and just reminisce and, and come and play and and uh, not not in the actual event but probably in the program or even just be part of the the festivities that would be I'm really really working hard uh, to get those uh, those past champions to come and 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 come and experience the new age netbank golf challenge that we have. Oh well, uh, yeah, I've got I've got no doubt that that you will pull it off given. Uh, the amazing things that you have managed to achieve over the past couple of years over at that iconic golf course. And it's funny that you mentioned Nikki Price because our previous guest, we had Felicity Sheba, and uh, she has fallen in love with golf tenfold. And the way she got into golf was she ended up moving to Zimbabwe and ended up being coached by Nikki Price's brother. Oh, wow. That's yeah. fantastic. Jeez. And, yeah, so it, it certainly runs through the family in terms of uh, – 
great people that the, the prices are. Uh, Ken, it's been so good having you on board. Uh, I have to mention, because I actually wanted to speak about it early in the show, because we haven't had an episode since the Ryder Cup took place. So let's just quickly touch on that. I know you spoke about it earlier, but uh, yeah, very disappointing result from, from the Europeans, but uh, uh, amazing performance from the Americans. And wow, that outfit, uh, it, it will take some beating. Yeah, look, the Americans were on a mission, eh? without a doubt. Mm. I think um, they were they were very quietly confident um, and just the preparation leading up to, and if you look at the team that Steve Tricker uh, picked, it was a really, really strong team and it was most of them were on form. Um, and it's very, very difficult to, to beat the Americans in their backyard, especially going up north. You know, if you look at, um, you know, Whistling Straits, I was there for the 2004 PGA and that's that's real American country there and if you and if you look at the fans that there were thousands <laughs> of fans over there they were behind the Americans so very very difficult to win um, and to be honest with you I was very disappointed in 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 the picks um, because if you look at the players um, I, I think you know I, I don't think he picked the informed players to be very honest with you Justin Rose's your Beesburgers, mm. um, and he went more with experience. And you know what? He stayed by his decisions, um, and it didn't work out. But um, very, very difficult to to beat uh, the Americans on home soil. And there's no doubt whatsoever the the next Ryder Cup, which is going to be which is going to be based in Italy, uh, the Americans would want to try and, and emulate and do exactly the same um, because that's going to be a huge, huge turnaround from an American point of view to get the Ryder Cup and, and keep it there. So, But there's no doubt that the Europeans will be fighting and and um, let's see who the captain's going to be. Yeah, uh, uh, who, who who's your money on with regards to the captain? Who would you like to see there? Well, you always, you always look at your, your Lee Westwoods, your mm-hmm. Ian Poulters. Um, you know, it's, it's players like that that, you know, when you cut them in half, you just see Ryder Cup European Tour, they're just, they're just passionate. So, mm. um, yeah, difficult one because there's so many there's so many really, really good players that have had a huge history and a long history with the Ryder Cup and, uh, and are more than capable of, of captaining this side. So, to be honest with you, if, if uh, I could, I would love to see Lee Westwood. I would love to also a true gentleman, a really good, um, you know, really good with, with people, really good people's person. He's got time for everyone. Um, and he would be a man on a mission to try and get that, that Ryder Cup back. And a man who's pretty much made uh, the Gary Player Country Club almost his second home. Yeah, very comfortable around you. It's amazing when, when he comes back to, to Sun City, how comfortable um, a lot of players are around this golf course. Your Lee Westwoods, Ian Poulter hasn't really had a good track record here because he tries to come back, but he's not comfortable around this golf course. If you look at um, the likes of your Brandon Grace, very comfortable around uh, your Tommy Fleetwood, who is defending champion. Although geez, he's been defending champion now, how long now? It's just <laughs> COVID is just all over the place. So, so. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that, you know, they say horses for courses, but it truly is. They're, they're, your Lee Westwood comes here and he's like, he feels at home, he's comfortable, he enjoys the golf course. He's won here many, many times. Um, so, so yeah, and, and but it's a tough track. Really, it is. You know, the, the European Tour set the course up, um, you know, especially when it comes to the pins. 
uh, they, 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 they with the clover leaf greens and it becomes very, very difficult and with the swirling winds. But these guys are just incredible. It's just amazing how it's just if you come and watch them and you watch them on TV, you think how on earth can you hit it close to the pin, but they do it. And it just shows you how remarkable these players are. And there's some really, really good youngsters coming up on the European Tour. And hopefully uh, with the partnership with the European Tour and the PGA Tour, we can get a couple of Americans next year. But definitely for 2023, uh, we're hoping to get your, your, your top-tier American player coming to play here at the Gary Player Country. It would be fantastic to see uh, some Americans again. It's, it's been lacking in the last couple of years. And it's something we're really, really working hard on to get the American players back because um, the sponsor, the title sponsor, they would love to see the American players and also the South African public. They want to see the likes of your your top American players playing in South Africa and come and watch because they don't have access to those players, especially not everyone has a privilege to go over to America and watch tournaments over there. So it'd be great to see those American players play on South African soil. I fully concur. And, um Ken, I wanted to ask, and, and a return for the media's Nedbank final round? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's tradition, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tradition. wait, obviously. Uh, that's, I've, that's I've played in three of them. Uh, we oh, don't talk much oh, about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Well, listen, I think I need to introduce a, a, a handicap limit for next year, uh, don't you think? Uh, you're off the course. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a tradition where we have our final round before before we close. And in actual fact, we're busy negotiating now with dates um, for Blue Label Challenge because they had a fantastic week last week. So they want to continue, and they want us to be the to host. So we're busy working out dates to hopefully have that just before we close the course in prep. You know, we have to close the course twenty one days. Uh, before before Nedbank Golf Challenge. So we're busy working on those dates and, and soon to be confirmed. So definitely, without a doubt, uh, that's that's been a long-standing tradition, final round media. Oh, uh, it's an incredible tradition. And after it's an you incredible guys, experience. After, and, 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 there's, and there's a reason why we close the golf course for two weeks before, because you guys <laughs> hang it up. <laughs> yeah, this is not a lie. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and, and Ken, uh, as we do with every episode, we've got our, our course of the episode. I've got to ask: uh, Are you able to give us a, a four ball to give away to our listeners to experience the majest- majesty that is the Gary Player Country Club? Absolutely, with pleasure. Uh, in actual fact, I'm going to throw the Lossity Golf Course in there as well oh. because the Lossity Golf Course is looking fantastic at the moment. I must say, my team. Uh, have done a remarkable job in getting the Velocity Golf Course wow. to to really really good condition. So I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a four ball in a Gary Player as well as a four ball to the Velocity Golf Course as well. Oh, it doesn't get better. Thank you so much, Ken. It is uh, an icon of South Africa's sport, uh, especially when it comes to golf uh, worldwide. It is world renowned. The iconic Gary Player Country Club uh, recently played host to the Blue Label Challenge, but upcoming. It is the SA Open. I can't wait to be there. Ty can't wait either. And uh, Ken, congratulations to you and your staff for putting up a sterling, sterling piece of real estate, which uh, just gets better every time we see it and play it. Thank you very much, gents. Lovely being here and looking forward to seeing you soon. Cheers. Thanks very much for joining us for another edition of Raider Golf. Wow, Ty, how's that prize? Uh, Derek, I mean, in fact... 
ladies and gentlemen, I've done the draw. I'm sorry, I'm winning. <laughs> can I, uh, uh, can I'm not allowed to, am I? <laughs> oh, man, jeez, I'm very, very envious of whoever captures that prize. Jeez. But uh, Derek, I've, I've got it. Congratulations. You're fighting for a three or a two ball place at Gary Player <laughs> where you'll join myself and Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, okay, not. I'm not going to take advantage. I'm not going to take advantage. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> be sure if you don't win the prize, don't worry. You can capture every single shot uh, taking place on Supersport. It uh, will be bringing you the SA Open taking place at Gary Player Country Club. We cannot wait. Thank you to all our guests for joining us once again. We'll catch you soon on the next episode of Raider Golf, where we'll give you that full review of how Ty and I enjoyed our set of clubs from Grindworks. Cheers, everyone. Catch you soon. Cheers.